Hi, I'm Angelica Bell. Welcome to the NatWest Business Show. Joining me today is Josh White, the co-founder and marketing director of Cano Water, the world's first mass market canned water alternative. Now, Josh has not only had to tackle the plastic problem to build his brand, but has also had to nurture a challenger mindset to stand out against the competition and stay resilient. So let's find out more. Hi, Josh. It's good to have you here. Great to be here. We always start the show by asking our special guest, I'm going to call you special. Thank you. To tell us about their journey in 60 seconds. I know you've got lots to tell. Any time starts now. For sure. So uh, essentially, my, uh, myself and my two best friends, we went to, on a trip to Thailand. Plastic pollution wasn't something that we had come across before. You know, where we grew up, it wasn't something that, you know, you wouldn't see mountains of plastic bottles. It wasn't something that we necessarily knew about. And uh, we came across serious amounts of plastic pollution when on a trip to Thailand. And um, I think most people would think, why is it my issue? Uh, we didn't, you know, we, we, we saw it as something that is there anything that we can do? And uh, did a lot of research and saw that aluminium is the most recyclable material on the planet. 75% of um, aluminium produced in the 1800s is just still in circulation. And in 2016, we were the first people in the world to put water in a can. The journey itself hasn't been easy and is still, you know, it's still tough. But, you know, one of the things that definitely gets me up in the morning is knowing that we're raising awareness of, a, of an enormous issue and providing a, uh, a more recyclable alternative. Well, you are raising the issue because, you know, I've seen can of water everywhere. Sure. I have at home and even I've been like, oh my gosh, why did nobody come up with this before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just want to rewind a little bit because you were just going on holiday to have fun. Yeah. Lads trip. Lads trip. Um, had no, you know, had no preconception of, of, you know, it was just a normal, normal trip that led into this addiction to try and come up with a solution to a global issue. Are you still yes. friends? We are still friends. People say don't mix business <laughs> and pleasure. It is tough, you know, and there are disagreements. But I think the respect that we have for each other, for our different roles is, uh, you know, is something that's incredibly important. We all add different things to the business. And I don't think that Can of Water could have been started by just myself. I think that, you know, it needed the three of us um, and the naivety to come together to, to, to start the business. I think that is incredibly important to always be aware that um, that there could be disagreements, but at the end of the day, you're building something together and you have that vision. Not a lot of people had the vision. You know, the three of us did, and it was our responsibility to make it work. So we had that together and we needed each other to fall back to, fall back on when things didn't go our way. So you pointed out each other's strengths and weaknesses yes. and played on those, but also acknowledged that, listen... Just because we fall out, we're still friends. Exactly, exactly. And it's about having that respect for each other to know that you're great at what you do. I'm great at what, what, what I do. And um, essentially, we've got a mission and a vision and we need to make this work. Um, and we're not going to do it by ourselves. We're going to do it together. And I think that that is incredibly important to remember. And I think that's where things can go a little bit salty, you know, if it isn't there. Um, but it isn't easy. It isn't easy. <laughs> I might have to interview. I'll chat to the other two. See what they see what they say about you. Exactly. <laughs> Did you ever think that you would be an entrepreneur? 
Is it something that was a little seed that you always knew would flourish or was it just something, a dream? It was a dream. You know, I, um, as a kid, suffered quite severely with ADHD and, you know, still do with concentration. And I think that I've definitely turned the negatives of that into a, into positives. It's, it's, it's sort of like a blessing and a curse, in essence, because I find the concentration hard, but my creativity and my, my output and my crazy and wacky ideas come from that, you know. Mm -hmm. So I thought as a kid that I couldn't be an entrepreneur because I didn't necessarily have the academic side of things. But my creativity has, and my drive, I definitely think has created, you know, has created an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and also failure. Failure has been a, a big part of um, my journey, but also, you know, the can of water journey of not everything being blue skies. And, you know, when things go wrong, how do you think fast? How do you troubleshoot? How do you come up with ideas? You know, it hasn't been an easy journey and still, you know, isn't an easy journey. So I think that from an entrepreneurial side of things, um, I didn't necessarily think that I could. And um, I'm still sort of proving to myself, you know, that I, that I am, you know, it's, uh, yeah, every, every single day I'm learning new things and I'm proving to myself, you know, who, who definitely suffers from quite bad imposter syndrome that, you know, that I can be better and be the best version of myself. I've unlocked certain potential in myself through, uh, through growing. Well, I know that you founded the company with two of your mates, the mates that went yes. to Thailand with you. And maybe that's one of the strengths of that business because you said that each of you have different skills for sure and that's what's helped build this company so quickly definitely so let's talk about your your other mates or co-founders yeah for sure so it started by myself and my two other friends perry and ariel um we had never come from a drinks business background so all we had was a dream you know an idea and extreme passion and everything came from authenticity and, you know, the purpose of trying to do good and trying to do better. When we came up with the idea, I was 22, uh, turning 23. And, you know, I was, still, I was still a baby, you know, I was still so young. And we always use the word naivety. Naivety really enabled us to just sort of, it, it enabled us to, to, to do different yeah. to what, you know, people always say that if we were drinks industry professionals we probably would have never have started cano water because we would have straight away have said no nah, that won't work but it needed the three of us and the confidence and the drive to just be like we're going to do it and no one's going to stop us and that was and that still is today that is the personality of what helped grow can of water in the in this market it's a really saturated market you know you've got you know you've got your players that are, sit, sit in the market that everyone knows and it's very rare that a new brand comes in and, and takes over and we got told by so many people it's never going to happen it's never going to happen you know and, and, and the amount so that of, was the initial reaction that was the initial reaction it, why, why are you wasting your time? Yeah, why are you wasting your time? You know, we sat down with one of the founders of one of the biggest drinks companies in the country who just sort of, he looked at us and said, it's a good looking product. You'll never get into Tesco. The plastic problem's not that bad. All of these things that really sort of put that new, young, perceived as dumb entrepreneur down. And, you know, we could have easily 
have just turned away, turned around and just said, you know, guys, let's just let's just pack up and go back to our day jobs. Yeah, but Josh, most people would have. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when we get negative feedback, anything, you know, even me, I'm like, mm, exactly. is it worth it? And there was a lot of, you know, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of leaving the office, you know, in tears. Really? You know, yeah. A lot of pain and a lot of suffering and a lot of sort of, are we the only people that believe in this? Are we the only people that, that, that can see this? And it was actually only until David Attenborough did Blue Planet that the world opened up their eyes. You know, that was a that was a turning moment for us. That was three years of pain and suffering and calling up people and working out, you know, are we the only people that believe in this to a change overnight that actually sort of turned this fad into a real a real business. So how did you manage to create resilience in order to continue and push through with this dream, as you, you know, as you called it? Until that, because obviously there's things, sure. things happening in society and life, which yeah, is yeah, a yeah. turning point. But you, before that, you were, in a way, you were trailblazing before. Definitely. Before that sort of big light bulb moment. I think it's just belief. I think it's belief. And I think it's believing in yourself and believing in your vision. And as I said to you, not allowing people to, to sort of, to burn you down or ruin your dream, because you will get a lot of that. You know, you'll get a lot, especially in disruptive companies and water in a can to most people, it's foreign. It's, uh, it's to, to a lot of people, it's the strangest thing. People used to put the phone down on us and we would have to musk up the courage to, to call them back. I think it was quite nice that there was the three of us, even though, I was you know, we had each that. other, yeah. you know, we had yeah. each other to speak to and albeit it wasn't easy and some of us had different views, but we we stuck with each other in those in those early years. You know, if I was on my own, I don't think that I could have. You know, I don't think I could have could have done it um, alone. And I think that we would win an account like we won Selfridges or London Fashion Week or Whole Foods, and it would be these it would be these these massive lows, and then a, a high would come, and we'd be like, wow, you know, this is proving the concept, and. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of things went wrong, um, and, and things didn't go our way. But the highs kept us there; it kept us in. And um, you know, one one of the things that um, that I love talking about is we were two months away from closing Cannon Water. Oh, really? Yeah, we were two months away. We we brought in a managing director. He looked at the accounts. He said, "You know, the, the brand isn't building. We don't know if we've got anything here." You know, things were really, really tough. And, you know, he, he said, we've got to go all out. We've got to go all out. We've got to give it our absolute all. And I just remember thinking, you know, and, and saying, you know, to, to friends and family, like, I don't know if Can of Water is going to last. And I was petrified and I was scared. And this was, this was my baby. This was, I'd put everything into this. I'd left basically life. And people around me, my friends, family, thought I was mad for even starting it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. um, but on the last month yeah, we we worked so hard. We were at the end. We were there. We were, you know, we were digging to get there, and we were so close to like turning away and 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 leaving. That's when the David Attenborough thing happened. And you talk about you know fate, and you talk about all these, you know, that's when it happened. And overnight, can of water went from, as I said before, you know, this this stupid idea that you know that, that that turned into you know what we see it now. That 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 encouragement overnight after the David Attenborough thing calls from everyone we so planted people were calling the seed. you yeah calling us we have planted that seed and uh and, and now our our baby was growing and um overnight 
it was it was incredible and it just showed me especially as a founder just keep going keep going don't stop there just keep going and if you believe in it your time will come what's been your proudest moment you've talked about a couple there so but what what stands out for sure so the two the two that are really really that do stand out for me um, and I know you asked for one, but I'm going to give you two. <laughs> <laughs> we like that. Give us more. Give us more. <laughs> um, if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be awarded a Forbes 30 under 30, I would have laughed. You know, I'm, I'm someone that, as I said, I've got ADHD. I'm someone who really never believed in themselves, mad imposter syndrome. And I would never in a million years have believed you. So the fact that I got awarded a Forbes 30 under 30 was something that, was an enormous moment for me, an enormous moment as well for the person that doubted myself, you know, many, many years ago, because I wasn't built, I don't think, to be an entrepreneur back then. You know, I wasn't your typical, you know, went to university and this and that. I would have been looked at as more of a, you know, a little bit more of a dropout, a bit more of a, as I said, like a crazy creative who wanted to go down a different route um, in life to the to the norm. Um, so, that's been a really, really sort of pinch me moment and a proud moment of, of, of can of water. The fact that me as an individual have been awarded something for being a, an entrepreneur. So that was, that was an incredible, an incredible thing. Now you said there's been bumps in the road, um, a few fails. Yes, definitely. What would you say you've learned the most? I think I've learned as a founder to not panic and to, you know, protect your team and really sort of, you know, you've got to be very thick skinned in, 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 in what we do. You know, there's, there are highs and there are lows, as we've said. And I think that when the lows happen, what I've learned is that every single time that there's been a low, we've got out of it because we've worked together as a team and we've come together to work out a plan of how to, you know, how to get through it whether it be COVID or things things have gone wrong, uh, you know, with stock. And I've got stories for days, you know, about, you know, there was a time where we had a few hundred thousand cans where the steel cans were filled with sparkling water by accident. So, you know, like things like that, you you know, you sit there and, you know, you can imagine we're all sitting on on our pallets in the warehouse with our hands over our head, nearly in tears because, all of these cans have to go back and what are we going to do? So how did you, do? can I just, I mean, yeah. I'm literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's as if I'm there yeah, yeah, you're with there, the pallets you're there. <laughs> yeah, going, yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah. So how did you sort that out? Petrified, you know, and have to work out uh, as a team, you know, a plan of, you know, what do we tell the, you know, what do we tell our our, our customers? You know, how we, we had just won some of our best customers. This was after three and a half years of lows and then just getting there. And then overnight, having to call up all of our customers to say, we're really sorry and can't service. You know, it's taken us three years to just get those customers. And, you know, that was one of the biggest lows. And you know what? We came together as a team. We all held each other up because some people had to do more than others. And we just, you know, we protected our own and we looked after each other and we got through it. And we're here today. You know, we're here, we're here to tell the story. And that's, uh, at the time, I didn't think that I would be here to tell the story. Mm. You know, I, uh, I, I was thinking we're never going to get out of this. It's impossible. And it's funny, actually, podcasts 
got me actually through some of those times, you know, hearing other founders talking about their lows, talking about things that were similar. And it actually really, really helped me. And I'll always remember going back to those times where I listened to other founders talking about their times. Um, well, and then it, people are going to be listening to this. Exactly. Listening to you exactly. As a and, that, and that's important. You know, that's important to hear that you're not alone. This happens to everyone. Um, just you need to relax, stay calm and troubleshoot and think about how you're going to get through it. And that will make you a much, much, you know, better entrepreneur, founder, staff member, you know, ride the wave together. How did you go about creating a community? Was it simply by leading by example? Or did you, you know, target certain people like influencers, celebs, you know, to put it on the map? So it's a very good question because that's probably one of the hardest things, I think, um, especially when you've got a concept that is alien to people. Because how do you get people interested in something that they've never, ever seen before? So it was a very organic journey, uh, to be completely honest. And we would do things like stand outside of train stations, turn up at events, turn up outside, you know, popular uh, stores in London that were having sort of product launches and just hand out cans to people. We would be everywhere in the first sort of two to three years when we hadn't drummed up any hype. The whole point of it was no one would stock us because they didn't understand the concept. So we had to go the other way. And it was a very much like a chicken and egg scenario where we had to get people to talk about the product and sort of say, oh, I saw that here. I saw that there. So, you know, it could have been literally just parking outside a park at lunchtime in the summer and just handing out cans to people and people would be like, oh, canned water, why? And then we would tell them about it and they'll go, oh, that makes sense. And I think that we would get influencers involved. You know, in the early days, I, I actually would do it myself. I would message thousands of influencers and I'd get two replies, two replies. And um, that those two replies were everything. Oh my God, you won't believe who's replied. And uh, that's what it would be. I'd message another few thousand another, and I'd get like, you know, that two would turn into five, into 10, into 20. And I'd get the backing from some of these, these influencers who believed in, you know, in, in, in what I was doing. And, you know, sometimes it wasn't the biggest influencer ever, you know, or a lot of the time it wasn't. Sometimes it was just a micro influencer who had a voice. Yeah. And, uh, and good engagement. Good engagement. And that, that helped us. So we would seed it to people. And what would happen from that um, is people would, would see it. They would then go into their store. They would request like, oh, why don't you have like a, you know, a better alternative to plastic? Have you heard of can of water? And that it came that way rather than us going, well, we tried for three years to go to cafes and bars and all these places and say, we've got this can of water. And they'll be like, ha, 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 that's stupid. Put the phone down. So that it, it very much came from the consumer, the consumer uh, or the influencer, whoever pushed us. They were, you know, they are the drivers. They are actually the people that helped build Can of Water and still to this day help build Can of Water because they also share the same message. So and, did you have to go to the eco-conscious person first to, to spread it or was it just a generally? A, a, li a little bit, a little bit. But it was also, so, you know, someone would see uh, a video on Facebook of uh, a turtle with a straw up its nose. And it would, and they would learn from something like that. And that video went from a hundred people to two hundred people to two hundred million people, yeah. and this, and that's how it, you know, that's how it grew. And we saw over time that we would be standing at an event handing out cans to people, and people would just laugh at us, literally in 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 our face. And Ariel and I, we always, uh, my business partner Ariel, we always we would guess people's um, lips 
So we'd literally guess what they were what they were saying. And most of the time it was like, this is stupid. What are these guys doing? Why are they wasting their time? And we would actually like lip read people. It was it was crazy. And then over the years, we would hand out cans to people and slowly but surely, over like three years, four years, it would go from this is stupid to, oh, I love this brand. I've seen it before. I know why this exists. It's recyclable, yeah? You know, save the turtles. And, you know, I think that that is something that I've been really, really proud of, to be a part of, to see that transition of awareness because it's really difficult. Some people, as I said to you, some people have been talking about this for years and they never get heard. We're doing small steps and we've we've been heard and that's really, you know, that's really rewarding. Yeah, I can imagine. Fulfilling. Fulfilling. How have you remained adaptable as larger companies have sort of jumped on your bandwagon, because I can say that, <laughs> um, and remained relevant? So I think this is like the number one question that I get. What are you going to do if X goes into cans? At first, I would... Get, I would, wouldn't be able to sleep just of the fear of it. So I would be so scared that, you know, brands were going to come in and they were going to like, you know, eat us up and it was just going to, you know, can of water just wouldn't be here anymore. But the vision of the brand is to inspire other brands. So that fear actually was sort of like, yeah, but we we want that, you know, and as long as can of water are the leaders and as long as can of water is at the forefront, we don't worry. That's the honest truth. And the funny thing is every single time that a can has come into the market, it's propelled can of water. Let me just say this, being the only person to do something can be a really lonely place, especially in a category that it doesn't exist. Didn't exist. We just made, the three of us just made up a category. You know, we just made it up and we're like, yeah, here's, here's a can of water. Now there are loads of brands across the whole world that are doing it. And actually it really excites me. It actually really excites me. It gives it gives me that uh, that, that that sort of extra proud moment or or drive because every single time that a brand has done it, Can of Water has you know it, it it's it's basically shown that the category is real. It's validated the category, which has you know has has, has been rewarding in itself. So I don't get scared. I keep being me and I keep coming up with, you know, really, really good, um, you know, creative ideas to keep the brand different and relevant. And my team is absolutely phenomenal. And I think that's number one is empower the team. The team come up with some phenomenal, you know, ideas to keep the brand, you know, relevant and in, in, in everyone's eyes. My advice is to, to, to other people that have experienced this type of thing or, or, or have yet to experience it is to not just don't get blindsided by it. Just keep going. Keep doing your thing. You're you. You're your brand. And you can sit alongside hundreds of other brands. Just keep being authentic, you know, original. Just keep doing, keep being you. You mentioned that lots of people doubted you when you first started. So what three tips would you give to businesses who are not getting the support they need? So one, as we say, don't bottle it. You know, I would like to say ignore some of it, you know, ignore some of the sort of the you can't, um, it won't, you're never, you have to ignore that, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's tough to, it's slamming down on your idea. Um, I think that it's incredibly important to start, you know, your own movement. And I think that's what that's what we did. So go out, 
find people that have uh, that have similar skill sets and similar vision um but really just sort of believe in yourself i think that's the number one thing as a founder believe in yourself why did you start it you saw something you saw something that no one else has done or you've seen something that's that's been done but you've got your own niche within it and i think that that belief is the number one thing that is going to get you you know past all of that that, that negativity and yeah. the noise um as I said, you know, as, as someone that's, that's grown a challenger brand that's never been done before, we, we you know, we, we, we got used to it, became so thick skinned that it sort of was, is like second nature. That's sort of like, all right, they might've said no, but we're going to do it. That is where the growth begins. So that's that, you know, that, that, that's incredibly important. Josh, thank you so much for being here and just sharing your experiences. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks to you for listening. Remember to hit follow and subscribe so you don't miss our incredible guests still to come. And if today's episode has inspired you, head to our website to find more insights and potential solutions that could help you take action today. Until next time.